you go to our website, you can have a look at our live music section and see the upcoming salon concerts. Um, that, uh, there's a couple more next weekend, and believe it or not, there's also a Monday the 6th of May, and Tuesday the 7th of May, there's a new time recital. Uh, one will be in here and one downstairs in Fine Arts. Um, if you have any questions for, for Solomon, we always invite people to ask questions, but there's a pretty good program notes on the back. I can't take credit for writing those, I can't it. But um, anyway, I hope you enjoy it, and I'm, I'm very sure that you will. We're very happy to have Solomon for this afternoon. Solomon, I
complete. The tritone has always been uh, considered the devil's court in music, even in Bach's time. Bach was also obsessed with this tritone because it it uh, it shows a lot of pain, and through the pain, there always has to be some type of uh, relief afterwards. So, if we wanted to resolve this tritone, you can make it the dominant seventh, and then it's resolved. There's the there's the perfect. So, there's always some resolution afterwards. List starts the piece with this tritone, and we hear these big chords. The tritone is filled in this piece uh, because it's the it's hell, and the devil's everywhere. So Liszt uh, is first obsessed with all of these demonic things his whole life, and uh, the piece at the end you will hear finally resolves to the perfect fifth. So we go through this big journey, and it's finally some resolution at the end. The middle section is very heavenly-like, very beautiful, and then uh, we get back to this turmoil, always. Um, Liszt, being a romantic composer, only wrote one uh, big sonata, that's the sonata in B minor, and then he wrote this, a half-fantasy, half-sonata. So it's a bit of both, a bit free and a bit structured. Uh, a sonata, as you can read, I'm playing Beethoven's sonata and Prokofiev's sonata. And they are very structured. The themes return in the different keys like they have to. Um, and this attempts this also. Um, the themes that start in the beginning of the piece return at the end in a different key. So that makes it a sonata. But it's more of a fantasy-like. Um, I would compare this to uh, like when an orchestra plays some pieces, some fantasies. This actually invented this symphonic poem, which is this... Uh, just never-ending uh, piece that goes through many different ideas but doesn't have any pauses. And that's what this is like. It's like a symphonic poem for the piano. So this is the list dog take. It's a lot of fantasy.
you. I usually end with that piece. Um, next we go to a sonata by Beethoven. He wrote 32 total. He's a master of the sonatas. And uh, he bridges the gap between the classical and the romantic era. This sonata, in particular, number 28, um, starts the late period. Uh, the late period sonatas are the last five. So 28, 29, 30, 31, and 32 are usually grouped together. And uh, Beethoven has an early period, middle, and then the late five. And these are very spiritual, very different, maybe you could say even religious pieces for Beethoven. Um, at the end of his life, uh, besides the fact that he was completely deaf, uh, he paid homage to Bach uh, with all this counterpoint he infused in his music. The counterpoint is basically the imitation of voices, the dialogue going on. That's Bach's style. Um, at the end of this piece, in the fourth movement, you will hear down low in the bass this theme that Beethoven comes up with. It's, it's called a fugue. That's Bach's style. So it starts with one voice. And then it develops. And so on. So we have one voice starting, and then four will enter. And that's an homage to Bach. Uh, the first three movements all have counterpoint. That's very important. But not a few. At the end of the piece, he inserts a few because it's a big uh, final culmination of everything together that he's given you glimpses of. The first movement, pay attention to how it starts because you'll hear it again returning before the fourth movement. Um, uh, con contrast to the list, this is a real sonata. There's four movements. And between each movement, there's usually a little pause. Like in a symphony, you go to hear the orchestra and there's pauses between the fast movement to the slow movement. Um, the first movement, Beethoven decides it shouldn't be fast. He breaks the usual tradition. It's, it's kind of uh, walking tempo, slow. The second, well then there's a pause. Then there's a slow, then the second movement is a fast German march. And interesting, if you look at the program, you see Beethoven writes all of the movement titles in German. At the end of his life, um, he wants everything to be more uh, very specific, very detailed, how he wants the music to be sounding. He writes in German his language, compared to uh, Italian, which most composers write, basic uh, allegro. It's very broad term, allegro. But Beethoven writes, he wants how, it, how it's supposed to be. Then the third movement uh, is a slow adagio in the, in the contrasting A minor key. The piece is an A major, so more of a bright, warm key. And then we go to a sad key. And then there's no pause between the third and fourth movements. You will hear the theme returning, and that means we're in the fourth already. And then the few and then maybe a little references to all the movements. So this is Beethoven's Sonata Opus 101.
five minute pause. <laughs> Don't go away. <laughs>